found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And I I don't know what to say. We ASU won. ASU I won know, again. I know it. I didn't know if we would get this moment again this year. Uh, and, you know, the one we had was so weird and unsatisfying to start the year, you know, at the Southern Utah and the three-hour-plus delay and all that. It's like, hey, we, we won a legitimate game against a, a you know a Pac-12 team, a team that was ranked in the top, what, 15 in the country a few weeks ago. Now, granted, they've come careening back to earth. But but still, like it, it's a nice feeling to get a win. Yeah. So the Devils upset Washington State 38-27 at home. Um, you were at the game for for a portion at least. A bit, yep, yep. Um, what you know, we had talked about it. It felt like the team hadn't quit on the staff, and I think that was borne out by a solid effort. You, you know, De Carlos Brooks had three touchdowns. Cameron yeah. Scadabo had yeah. a hundred plus yard rushing day. You know. I mean, got the offense going. We spent a fair amount of time last week and several weeks leading up about how rough this offense has been. And I don't know that I'm not sure, like, you know, they figured something out and they're going to score 38 a game the rest of the way. Probably not. But still, it was it was a legitimate 38 points. It wasn't like, you know, oh, you got a defensive touchdown and and you got a special teams return to the 10 and you got, you know, like they, they moved the ball. They, they ran it well. They threw it well. Uh, played, you know, pretty good defense. Not great, but but good enough. Well, and um, and protected the ball. Yeah. We should say, no yeah, exactly. Turnovers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a it was a solid performance. Like it was it was one of those that if you if you took away, you know, if, like, if you it was the first ASU game you watched all year. You didn't know anything about them going into that game. You know, you would, you'd been in a two month coma, and you woke up and you watched that game. You think well, this team's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you'd think they were going to win the conference, but, you know, it's like... No, I mean, it's not like they're going to win the conference, but they played a complete game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a good game, and, you know, it, I mean, really, you go back, and look, they've lost these games, but, but uh, you know, since that Fresno debacle, you know, it, it's been a competitive team. Um uh, you know, so it's it's one of those that you know. Now that you've got this one, you think like, well, could you could you steal one or two more? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not running the table. I'm not saying that, but like, you got over the hump. You got four more. Like, maybe, um, you know. But hey, I, at the very least, you know, I told you a few weeks back. Like, I just did. I thought it would be really rough if you end on an 11 game losing streak. That's tough. You know, if you go zero and nine in the conference, all of that. You know, so at the very least, you you avoided that fate. Mm-hmm. We made we we made the first year palatable. Now, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. There's something to take from it. I mean, you know, and again, maybe maybe you could steal more somewhere along the way. I don't think it's this week against Utah. That's a tough place to go play. Um, you and know, they and I, they've I, owned us. It feels like they have. They have. Yeah, and, and you know they play really good defense, and you know it just that seems unlikely. Um, you know the the Oregon game. I mean, look, Oregon is really really good, and yet uh, you know as as much as in our college years and the years after, like Oregon, oh, playing at Sun Devil Stadium, they owned us. You know we we beat them the last two times here. 
Yeah. And in 2019, it was a similar position. They had, you know, they were on their way to maybe make it the playoff, and we knocked them off. Now, we were better. I don't think they were as good. All those things are true. But still, like, you know, that's Oregon's only road game remaining. And, you know, like, the way we've played, we haven't been an easy out for anybody. Washington yeah. had to, you know, fight like heck to beat us. Uh, USC had to had to fight to beat us. Cal had, you know. Colorado. Yeah, we've lost those games, but everybody has had to work for it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we can steal one more, but but yeah, like you said, it at least gives you something to take from this year. You, you know, the last year of the Pac-12, you hate to go winless. I mean, that's just that just feels like a terrible way to, you know, finish out. Uh, you know, you'd be dead last in the conference, all of that. So, you know, you got that at least. You got that monkey off your back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that it's interesting, you know, looking ahead this week to playing Utah, Dillingham has said, and there appears to be some coverage about this, that he's trying to emulate that program, Yeah, which would be great. You know, I guess that, that's sure, like, you like, do it. you, you <laughs> yeah. know, not, not yeah. in terms of like the style of play, but just, I think the Stanford of old is what Utah is now. It's like mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. they they know what they're looking for and they yes. go get it. Yes. And then it plugs into a system that if everyone does what they're supposed to do, it works. Yep. 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 And they're they're not, you know, they're not getting a bunch of five star kids. They're not probably even getting a lot of four star kids. But they're they're getting the players they want and they're always good defensively. And, and, you know, their offense has never been electric under Kyle Whittingham. Uh, I mean, they've never had a, you know, tremendous, like, oh, my God, you know, this offense is breathtaking. But they find ways to win a lot of games. And sometimes it's, you know, 34-32, like they beat SC a couple weeks ago. And other times it's, you know, 14-10. to 10. But when it's all said and done, they, they win a lot of games. And, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a tough model to follow. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Uh, but you know, if sure, it's a it's a reasonable goal. I think when you know you're not going to recruit with the you know Ohio States and the Alabamas of the world. So who can you be like? Utah's yeah. probably a reasonable uh, goal to be. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at Utah, Iowa, Michigan State, yeah. and you say yeah. like, okay, well, what's their pattern? Well, they have a system. Yeah, that they yeah. believe in and that they just push. Like, they know what they want, but yeah. you know, one one common uh, element of those two programs—they've had the same head coach for a long time. I mean, Kirk Ferentz, I believe, is the longest tenured head coach in in the FBS, and Whittingham is is the longest in the conference, and one of the I think five to ten longest tenured in the nation. Yeah. So I mean, that's you know, now it's a chicken and egg. You know, are they successful because they kept the same coach or, you know, have they kept the same coach because they're successful? I, I don't know. Probably both. I mean, it's both. It's But, you know, but that's the thing. It's like you got to have that continuity. you got to be you got to be patient because well, Utah's had some rough years, too, when they first joined the conference. Like it wasn't it wasn't perfectly smooth. Yeah. And, and now they're there. Now they've won the conference two years in a row. Um, Iowa has some rough years. Yeah. I always had some years where they, you know, they go six and six. They they're in the middle of one right now. They could still end up in the Big Ten title game because that division stinks. But that's neither here nor there. Like you know, they've had some rough times, but 
but they weather the storm through it because they kind of know what they are and and what they're not. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, looking ahead to next season, you've got two teams like that with Utah and Oklahoma State where it's like, mm-hmm. if you just can stick with the program. Yeah, boy, credit to, I mean, that's that's a, a side note. You know, after we played Oklahoma State, they got blown out by South Alabama. They lost to Iowa State, and it was like, oh, boy, they are careening off the rails. And they haven't lost since. Like, great, you know, give a lot of credit to Mike Gundy and what he does there because it seemed like, man, this this team's going to go 3-9. and nine. And now they're, you know, they're playing one of the biggest games of the week this week. They win it. They're, they're in pole position to make the Big 12 championship game again. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, those are, those are both programs. Again, I mean, Mike Gundy, same thing. How long has he been there? 15, 20 years, I think, now. Yeah. Took over for Les Miles when Les Miles went to LSU. That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, when you, when you have a consistent leadership and, you know, none of those programs we've talked about get a whole bunch of superstars. Yeah. Like, they, they get a few. But they're not they're not rolling in the in the, you know, US Army all American game players. Like they, you know, they they get a few and then they get just good players that they find a way to use right. Yeah. Well and that's when you look up and down the Big Twelve, which is, you know, because now that now that I'm in my look ahead, that's where you have to look. Yeah. It's a conference that I think matches where we are for football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there isn't an Oregon or a USC. No, no, there's not. Texas no, I mean, it's, a, it's so, a very interesting mix of good programs, but nobody that really is the alpha of the Big 12. You know, I mean, maybe there eventually will be, but but right now it's, yeah, it's like a lot of good teams, but nobody that you think like, well, you got to get over that huge hump. There's no Ohio State or Michigan. There's no Alabama or LSU, like, you know, like, it, they're all beatable, it feels like. Mm-hmm. But also a lot of good programs. I mean, we got our we got our schedule. No, not schedule. We got our opponents for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting. Like, there is no game that you look at and think like, ooh, well, they ain't going to win that. But there's also not a lot that you look at and think, well, that should be an easy win. Well, you know, we'll take care of business there. It's, it's a lot of teams that feel about the same. Yeah, it, it's going. I think it's going to be at least initially Utah, and then a very competitive rest of conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I and I, Utah doesn't play blowout football, so they don't. Yeah. They don't, and and you know they're moving into a new conference. That's always tough. Like I know the Big Twelve is not. You know, again, you're losing Texas and Oklahoma, so it feels like you can move in and, and be the force. But you know, nobody has really done that over the you know the last 20 or so years i mean miami went to the acc oh they're gonna they're gonna own the acc they haven't uh you know so it, it's it's tough when you go to a new conference it's just all of a sudden you're playing at new places places you haven't played before teams you haven't played much if ever you don't have institutional knowledge of what they do so i think utah is gonna be good but i don't know that i am like oh they're the heavyweight i mean they might be but, you know, they're going to have challenges, too, I, I would assume. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. I'm just saying when you look around, it seems like they, of the four coming in from the Pac-12, they're yeah. probably the lead. 
I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Colorado does, you know, in terms of, of additions, because I'm sure they're going to have some high profile additions. Um, and, and, you know, they, who knows? I mean, maybe they'll have the talent to make a run at the conference title. They don't have it this year in a, in a very good Pac-12, but the Big 12 feels wide open. Um, you know, like, I mean, but you got a lot of good programs. You got, like you said, Oklahoma State, you got Kansas State, which feels like I, I made this comparison last week, and I, I believe it even more as, as the last few days. Like, Kansas State feels like Utah. Where, like, in September, they lose a game, and you're like, ah, they're, they're not very good. And then by the time it's November, they're 6-2, and 7-2, and 7-1, and one, and they're like, oh, wow, that, that team's pretty good. Yeah. They're, they're a lot better than they were at the start of the year. Absolutely. So, you know, it's it. I mean, our home schedule next year, you know, Kansas, like, that's a program that is getting better. Now, will they still have their coach? Who knows? I mean, he's going to be in demand. Um, you know, UCF has obviously had some good moments, rough year this year so far, but, uh, that'll be an interesting one. You know, it's a, I mean, it's an interesting home schedule. You get Utah, you get BYU. There's, there's, you know, marketability there given the the demographics of Mesa and Tempe and the like, uh, Kansas and UCF probably going to be tough to sell the, the average fan on, but for someone like me, I'm like, all right, you can talk me into those games. Sure. Mm-hmm. Plus your non-conference Wyoming and Mississippi State. Mississippi State, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the schedule they had this year. I mean, obviously this year they got a really solid draw for being a bad team to have USC, Oregon, Arizona, and then Colorado, which, you know, on paper didn't look interesting a year ago, but ended up being very interesting. So you, you got a good draw with this schedule. It's, you know... The, the ticket sales folks are going to have to work harder next year and hopefully the team will be better and help their cause. Uh, yeah. You know, cause if you're, if you're two and six next year or, you know, one and five, one and four, whatever we were, it's going to be hard to get the average person here to be like, well, come out and see UCF. I, I will probably if I, you know, cause like, Oh yeah, that's unique. But you know, the average fan is not going to have their pulse raised by that. Yeah, it's it's going to be a this is big. You know, that's the promotion because it's the Big 12. This is big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah, just yeah. going to be yeah. when was the last time these schools <laughs> were here? Some of them right. never. Right. Some when we were probably in the border conference. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it, hey, it's it's something different to I mean you know, will I miss the annual or, or, you know, every other year visits of USC and, and it's not every other year with Oregon, but it's been most every other year. Yeah. And, and it's going to take a while to have that feeling with the big 12 to, to have, you know, like, Oh, I, Oh man, this is the year we get TCU. Like, okay. I mean, I'm not quite there yet. Can't fake it. Maybe yeah. it'll get there. Maybe it won't. Um, but you know, Hey, again, as a, as a big time college football fan like me, I can talk myself into it. You know, there's something every school I'd be like, well, I want to see them because X, Y, Z, you know, coach, quarterback, whatever. So I'm kind of intrigued by it for myself to be like, well, all right, you know, BYU coming here. I mean, I saw BYU in the Copper Bowl when I was a little kid. I haven't ever seen him since. So like, all right, that's, that's sort of intriguing. 
That was BYU Oklahoma in that cup. I believe it was. Yes. I yes. I was drinking from my cup from that copper bowl. Not not too there. Long we go. Ago. There we go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Long long time ago. Yeah. That's the only time I've seen BYU. They were they were supposed to be here in 2020, and then the schedule got all wiped out, changed, etc. Uh, but you know, we were we were going to play them non conference then, and now here we are facing them as a conference opponent four years later. I guess. Yeah. Um, on a Pac-12 goodbye note, I I did catch on the basketball schedule. It didn't click for me until this week. We are the final Pacific Conference home game for UCLA. At Palm oh, we really? Yeah. I did not know that. Okay. Is that the, la- the last weekend we go there? The last weekend is our ah. LA trip and we end at UCLA. Now, I find that nice. I think it's poetic if it's Arizona, UCLA that, that yeah, day. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Although SC's got some hype this year, so they're probably, you know, planning that SC Arizona might be the best two teams in the conference and you put them, you know, facing each other in the last game. Yeah. But I I did clock that and I think that's a that's a special game and a special yeah, opportunity. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a it's a weird feeling. I mean, looking at football and it'll be the same in basketball. You know, to have this season winding down and you know, it's like it's still it's still a little bit like I have to remind myself that like next year we're not going to play most of these teams. I mean, when is the next time we'll play Washington State? God knows. That feels weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess we get three of them, you know, uh, but but again, Colorado and Utah are, but, are short-time well, conference say, mates as it is. Yeah, it's really we get Arizona and then the two schools that I felt the least attachment yeah, to playing on a regular exactly. basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, what, 12 years? That's not a lot of time to really build up. And, you know, I know Colorado's been interesting this year, but for the – for the majority, obviously, of the time they've been in the conference, they've been a, you know... A, a, doormat. A, yeah, doormat. Uh, certainly nothing to be like, ooh, Colorado's here. Let's go see that one. Or let's make sure we're near a TV for that one. Like, all right. Um, and Utah, again, good. But yeah, it's just, you know, there's not the history there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's weird to think like Oregon plays here in two weeks. And who knows when slash if they'll ever play here again. Yeah. Um, you know, USC was here in September. Like that, they may never come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, you know, maybe we'll end up back at a conference with them in 10 years. God knows. But it's yeah. it's odd to think like, you know, these these are going away. And it'll be the same for the Pac-12 or for basketball. I mean, you know, that like UCLA and USC come here in January and when will we see them in that arena again? Yeah. No, it's it's going to be odd. I I will say I have a much easier time getting myself hyped for Big 12 basketball opponents. Me too. Me too. No, agreed. Agreed. It's, it should be a very good conference. I mean, it already is. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the rotation will be as far as who plays where, but, you know, Kansas coming here on a regular basis, Baylor. Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Who'd you say? Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah, I was thinking about them. Yeah, I mean, Houston. Houston has been a you know number one seed the last couple of years or close to it. 
you know, there's there's good basketball in that conference now, and and uh, yeah, that that will be interesting, and yet still odd to feel like you know, ah, uh, look and check the schedule come out. Well, when does when does UCLA come? Oh, they they don't. Uh, what about Stanford? They don't. Like okay, you know, I mean, it just it's going to take a while. You, you like I said, you can't you can't manufacture that feeling of okay, this matters because it's USC. Yeah. yeah, it takes a while for that to happen, you know, and, and I mean, for you and I, you know, we've, we've been following ASU close for about two decades and it's been the same, you know, it's been USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon. It's mm-hmm. not going to be anymore. Yeah. No. It's weird. You know, I mean, we knew it. Like I said, I still have to kind of like remind myself that like, yeah, I went to see Washington State last Saturday. Like, God, man. When's the next time I'll see them? And and especially for Washington State and Oregon State, like who are they even going to be playing? Yeah. I, you know, I mean, at least Washington or you know, it's like, well, okay, they'll they'll play these teams. I could go see them in Seattle and play, you know, Michigan State, or I could go see, you know, USC and and Maryland or something like that. But yeah, those two, it's like God, I I don't know what they're even going to do next year. Yeah, it's. Um... It's going to be interesting. I I hope that they find a home. I hope so too. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's 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 too bad if they don't. I mean, I, I had heard rumors a couple weeks ago that like maybe they were on the verge of getting a you know a Big Twelve invite or an ACC yeah. and and you know but it didn't happen and now though you know both this week the ACC and the Big Twelve have announced their you know, schedule models for next year and years in the future, which as an aside, all I really paid attention to was 2024 because I'm not convinced the big 12 is done expanding. And so I don't know that I believe the model for 25 on will stay the same, but you know, for 24, like, well, okay, it seems locked in now. And those two teams are just kind of left without a seat at the table. Yeah. Um, so we play Utah. Now, yes. Uh, at Utah, day game. I don't like our chances. No, I don't either. I mean, they did just get beat at home last week for the first time in quite a while, but that was by a really good Oregon team. That, that uh, man, uh, an impressive to win them. for them. <laughs> like, tremendously impressive Oregon win. Like, that had all the makings of an Oregon loss. Remember, two years ago, they got punked when they went to Salt Lake, just obliterated. And they did the exact opposite this week. That I was tremendously impressed by how dominant they were. We aren't them. So, no, I, I don't love our chances. No. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick Utah 24 to 9. I don't know if that's three field goals or a missed a, a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds probably about right I, I'm not going to stray too much from that I'll, I'll say uh, I'll say 20 to 6 mm-hmm. uh, you know just a kind of a grind it out type game That you know their offense isn't great they're playing the backup quarterback slash third string quarterback depending on who, how you want to look at it um, you know so I think we'll hang in there but I don't think our offense will be able to do anything to, to actually give us a chance to win yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a a Utah blowout. Yeah, exactly. Which, which yeah. is to say, like, 
will will spend much of the second half thinking, man, a score here gets yep. us right back in yep. it, and it'll just yep. never. And it's just a bunch of punts and an interception and a fumble and yeah, yeah. I I, I think you're right. Yeah, or just like man, if we could just put together a drive, but you don't actually put together a drive. Yeah. Or you'll get something going, you'll pick up a first down, and you'll be like, oh, we're moving. And then it's like, yeah, oh, no, yeah. they just kind of... Yeah, a sack and a yeah. penalty, and all of a sudden you're punting on, you know, fourth and 25 or something like that. Yeah. So, that, you know, that's yeah. my takeaway. I don't have high hopes for this one. I, I mean, I think probably if you, if you were to rank the next four games in terms of likelihood to steal a win, this would probably be the, the lowest one for me. Being on the road against a very good team in a tough environment, uh, you know, there's not a lot of like, okay, Oregon, like, well, you're at home. Maybe, you know, little magic happens. UCLA, uh, you know, uh, not a tough environment to go into. Who knows? Arizona, rivalry game, blah, blah, blah. This one, I can't come up with a, well, you know, maybe this helps us. Probably not. Now, I mean, the worst thing that happened for our chances was losing. Uh, was Utah losing last week and, and, probably, and being a little probably. bit embarrassed because it, and it, it eliminates the letdown game for them. Like, yeah. you know, oh, you, be, you get that big win over Oregon last week and maybe you're caught napping a little. Yeah. They, they did not get that. So yeah, I agree. Um, so let's shift gears. You went to the world series game, game yeah. four. Uh, what was the atmosphere like? What was it like at chase field? So I'll, I'll say, I mean, it was fun being there, um, but it was interesting in that, and, and I've tried to compare it to other things, but it's hard to compare. I mean, I went to a lot of games this year during the season, I, probably more than I ever have since I've lived up here. And so it didn't feel like that different, honestly. I mean, it was, it was fun. I'm glad I went. I, I don't have any regrets. But it, it, you know, I guess maybe going to the same venue that I went to, you know, double-digit number of games this season, it, in many ways it was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, here I am again, rather than, you know, like when I when I went to the finals here a couple years ago, I hadn't gone to very many games at all that year because, you know, the, there was limited attendance for some of the season, uh, you know, and so that was that felt like a huge thing, the NBA finals. This one didn't have that same feel. Does it does it speak to a lack of a buzz at the stadium? Maybe, maybe. I mean, it was full. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like it was very, it, you know, it was sold out. Um, which, but, of course, you know, make your make your snide jokes about you know, and I made plenty about you know the corners of the upper deck that you know haven't had butts in those seats for six years since the last time they were in the playoffs or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, but. But it, it was – now, you know, I got to admit some of my perception is colored by the fact I don't like the Diamondbacks. So I wasn't rooting for them. And, and I'm not a, like – I'm not a Rangers fan. I'm rooting for the Rangers in the series because I don't like the Diamondbacks. But, you know, I'm not like super amped, oh, the Rangers could win the World Series. It's, you know, like eh, if they do, cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I suppose that's part of it too. It, it was just – you know, again, like I, I, the one, the thing I can compare it to, I guess, close enough is is the NBA Finals, because that's a series too. You know, you get more than yeah. more than one game. It's home courts. Now, I also got to go back and remember that, like when I went to the finals, game one there against the Bucks, 
I think that might have been the first time I was in a, you know, capacity crowd environment since early 2020. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I, I mean, like that was like I had gone to see the Spurs earlier in the season, but that was still somewhat limited attendance. It was like, you know, wasn't crazy limited, but, it, you know, it wasn't you couldn't take every seat. Um, and, and so by then it was like, OK, we, you know, this place is full. It's rocking like that felt like a big thing. And obviously now I've, you know, the I mean, hey, I'm, I'm fortunate, but I've been in a lot of like crowded stadiums and big games at, you know, Ohio State and Michigan. And so it's like, well, OK, yeah, this is cool. Don't get me wrong. But it didn't feel as like revolutionary as it did when I went to the finals. And I think part of that was just the timing of going to the finals. Yeah. OK, I get that. Uh, but it was fun. I mean, had a, you know, certainly glad it's, it's one of those, you know, you check the, the item on your bucket list if you use that term, you know, like mm-hmm. never been to a World Series game. I didn't go to any, in, you know, one when they were here. I know you you said you went to game six, right? I did. That was the route. Uh, game. Yes. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's weird. I mean, and I could, uh, you know, I won't go into tremendous because I could go on and on and on. But like. I loved the Diamondbacks when they first started and that 01 series. I have so many like magical memories of that and watching those games and being so happy the Diamondbacks won. And it just feels like a completely different franchise now. It's, it's almost like looking at something that was and then what is is not even close to the same in my mind. And, and so I, it's, it's hard. I, I, I'm very nostalgic about 2001, but like, there's no part of me that gets romantic about what they're doing this year. I don't have it at all. Hmm. Is it, is it the teal? Is it the lack of teal? Um, well, you know, it's part, that's part of it. Part of it is, is that when, when Colangelo sold, they, you know, they changed the colors, but they also changed like almost everything. And, and it was almost like a, you know, let's not embrace the history that we have. We're going to just like turn the page. And I know they didn't have a lot of history in terms of years, but the history they have is pretty good. They, you know, they won the division in their second year. They won the world series in their fourth. And, and, and it just, I don't know. I mean, that, that rubbed me the wrong way back when they did it. And it still does in a way that like, and the color change is just part of it. I mean, that's the most visible part. But, it, you know, the uniforms and like, man, you know, you, you had something cool with the, with the purple and, the, you know, and, and then now, of course, they wear them as throwbacks, which, you know, yeah. whatever. But I don't know. It's just, again, I could go on and on and on and I, I won't bore you with, you know, all of my theories as to why, it, why it's different and why it feels different to me. But it, it just feels very different. It like they showed highlights last night pregame of, you know, some of the early years they were doing like a video package and I'm watching it and thinking like this this is like a completely different team to me. I mean it, they they bear no resemblance except they have the same name. Yeah. I get that. And obviously the players are different. I mean, I realize it's been, you know, twenty, twenty five years, you're not gonna have the same players, but but, uh, yeah, I mean, I loved the D-backs when, when I was, you know, when they were new and they, they had spring training down in Tucson and, you know, the Sidewinders were their AAA team. And, uh, I mean, my dad and I would take the, the, you know, bus from Foothills Mall up to see a ton of games 
you know, over the summer and, and you know, uh, man, I loved him. And if you told, you know, 17 year old Matt that he'd live in Phoenix, you know, 21 years later and, and the team would be in the world series, I probably would have thought like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. I'd love every minute of it. This is going to be the most electric feeling ever. Just, just not that way for me. Yeah. Right, I get that. Well, let's, so, let's talk know. about something. Let's end on something that'll hype you up. All right. The Spurs and Wemby yeah. beat the Suns. Yeah, buddy. Just taking the ball from Kevin Durant <laughs> with four seconds that was, left. That was impressive. Yeah, man. When I, when I checked the score, they were down 18 at the half. And they had been blown out by the Clippers two nights before on the road. And I thought, well, another another baptism for this young team. They're they're getting a they're getting a lesson in you know what it's like to play road games against good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, yeah, they, they claw their way back and and finish with a miracle run. And yeah, that was nice. I like that. I the the end stretch where the they get the inbound to Durant. Yeah, and you could see that he had reached for the steal. First and then and then you know Durant caught it and then he's like I'm still gonna go back and he took yeah, and then he took yeah, it yeah. he just picked him and, clean. I mean, I, you know I know Frank Vogel said that should have been a foul and uh, you know I, I mean the NBA officiating report said the call was correct that it was not a foul. I don't yeah. think it was. It looked he, like he picked he, it. He I mean, I yeah. I only saw it in the highlights, but it sure looked Me like too. he just picked him clean because he was yeah. distracted. Yeah. And, Me too. And the Suns could have called timeout. Like that's mm-hmm. it. They had a timeout. You advance the ball, and and you know there's five seconds left. You probably win that game. So, you know, uh, yeah, it was it was a nice win. They play them again tomorrow in Phoenix. I'm going. I have a feeling the Suns will will obliterate them tomorrow because it'll be like, well, you know, that was a nice. I mean, the Spurs are going to have some ups and downs this year, but there's already been some ups. You know that I watched them play the Rockets uh, on on the league pass free preview in the second game of the year and. Had a nice fourth quarter comeback, won in overtime. Like, you know, it, it's going to be bumpy. They're not winning the championship this year, or, or even contending for it. I'm, I'm hoping they can stay in the mix for that seven through ten. I, I think that you know, even if they don't actually get there, be in the mix into March, play some meaningful games, and and you know, then then you hopefully take a lead next season. You know, this is it's it's a building process. Yeah. But it's but it's fun. I mean, I'm I'm excited to go uh, see him play. They got, you know, it's not just Wembenyama. I mean, they got some decent young talent: Devin Vassell and Kelvin Johnson and Jeremy Sohan. And there's there's pieces there that if those guys continue to get better, you add a couple of more. You know, it's a team that by you know the 25-26 season, hopefully you're you are a contender. You are a team that that you know goes into the season thinking, hey, you know, we we can we can make a run. We could potentially win a title. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things as if as a franchise that you're like, wow, they they kind of just get it, like they get how to run, like because as you said, it's not just that they got the one, the or the top pick and got right. Wemby and it's right. you know he's a generational talent. It's also like. Oh yeah, they had this supporting cast. They had a plan. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, you know, like anything, you know, success is oftentimes a mix of luck and and planning and strategy. Um, and obviously, they've gotten lucky, you know, to have David Robinson, to have Tim Duncan, 
and hopefully we'll look back and have the same feeling on Wembenyama. It's very early, but it feels like another stroke of luck. But, you know, a lot of teams win the lottery and get really good players, and they haven't won championships with those really good players because they they haven't done a good job of, of surrounding them with good coaching and good support players. Well, and the Spurs and that, did a hell of a job of it with Duncan, and hopefully they can do the same with Wembenyama. I mean, that's just it. You, you look at first first trip through Cleveland for LeBron. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like they got close, but it basically just became like a, a degree of difficulty for him. Like there's sure. nobody else sure. really here. What, what can you do? Can you make right. anything of this? Be the hero. And, and he, they got to the finals in his fourth year mm-hmm. with a team that probably had no business making the NBA finals. But, but then after that, it was like, well, you know, man, can you get back? Well, no. Let's get Shaq. Like, well, that didn't work. Uh, yeah. You know, well, let's bring in uh, Larry Hughes. Well, that didn't work. Uh, you know, like, it was always this chase for, like, how do we make this team better around him? And it never worked, and that's why he eventually left. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the Spurs did a great job with, with the Duncan years, you know, the, the Tony Parker pick, the Manu Ginobili, you know, the veterans that they would bring in, you know, Robert Ory and Steve Kerr and Steve Smith and Brent Berry and, you know, those guys played big roles. Yeah, Sean and Elliott. Sean Elliott, obviously, yeah, was there with, with, with Robinson, you know, and at the at the beginning of Duncan's career. And I mean, yeah, they they had good pieces and good coaches. I mean, not just Popovich, but the, the number of assistants who went on to be head coaches from those teams and, uh, you know, still some of them are, you know, coaches around the league. So yeah, it's, it's a good organization. And I mean, they've gotten a stroke of luck winning that lottery last year, you know, takes you from feeling like, well, we got some decent young players, but gosh, do we, do we have anything that could really ever be a contender to now? If you, if this guy is what he's supposed to be and the early signs are positive, very, very, very early, but still, um, you know, then those then those pieces start to fit in. You know, Devin Vassell's a nice player. Is he, you know, the centerpiece of a championship team? No. But could he be the second or third best player? Maybe. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's where you start to that, that's where you need that luck, and they got it, and then then can the rest of it fit in? Yeah. Well, and that's the other piece of what Wemby has done is he has given this renewed sense of like, oh, we're not that far away. Exactly. You know? Exactly, yeah. Because it did feel far. I mean, you know, last year, like, oh, man, they stink. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in the league. And, it, like, uh, you know, it doesn't show much sign of a quick turnaround. And, yeah, you win that lottery and you get this guy. And, you know, then it, it starts to, you know, you start to think like, well, okay, maybe they're an attractive spot for a free agent. This yeah. offseason or next. What, you, you land know, one big... You, so land, you get a, a big-time player. Yeah. You land one big guy to yeah. go with him. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, then again, those guys that I mentioned, they become your three, four, five guys. It's like, yeah. then you got a team. You know, then you got a team that maybe next year is a contender. But I don't think you have to rush it either. No, like, well, because you're I, still holding... Like, you're don't still... spend money just to spend it. Spend yeah. it if it's the right thing to do. Well, and you're still you're holding more Hawks assets from the Murray right. trade. Like right. there are things right now. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you know, be patient with it. 
because, I mean, Wembenyama is not going to be a complete player probably for two, three years. He's got to get stronger. He's got, you know, he, you, you, you know, he's good, but he should get better. That's, yeah. the, that's the expectation when you're 19. You know, the comparisons to Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was 22 years old and had played four years of college basketball at the highest level. Back when ACC basketball was better than anything in the country. Yeah. You know, so he was ready to be, by year two, he was the best player on a championship team. That ain't going to be the case for Wembenyama. So yeah. there's there's no need to rush it. You know, you, you can't wait forever, but you, you'll want to be patient. I don't know who's a free agent in the offseason. I mean, I, I, it seems to, that's always so hard to keep up with player options and the like. If you got yeah. a chance to make a splash, do it, but, but you don't have to. You don't have to force the issue either, like they did many years ago when they signed Rosho Nesterovich. Yeah. That was a classic example of like, well, we got money to spend, we got to spend it on somebody. Like, nah. Now they won a championship with him, but not because of him. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think it's the three LA guys next year. It's uh, Harding, Harden. yeah. Leonard, and George. Which, uh, I want no part of James Harden. I love James Harden, but I keep James Harden far, far away from this young team. I I think James Harden uh, is just going to wind up back on the Rockets. They might. Because they might. Boy, uh, I don't know. It's, it's We've had the discussion. I'm not breaking any new ground here saying it. But, man, if James Harden did go to ASU, I don't think I would like him very much at all. He did go to ASU, and so therefore I'll always support him. Yeah, because he's our guy. He's you know, he's our malcontent, and so he's, and he's the one. To, but as an ASU but, fan, he's also the one. It's like Fat did, Lever, exactly, yes, and then him. And he also coincided with our college years. You know, I mean, we got to see him play a bunch of games, and and you know, we met him when he was a recruit, and so he will always be a special player to me. I'll always like him for that. Man, oh man, he's he's he makes it hard to like him otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. The Clippers will be a fascinating team this year. Like, uh, how many? I mean, you got four guys now who kind of feel like they need the ball to be their best. Well, and you that seems rough. You presume that you have to start Harden, Kawhi, and PG. At least, which, I would think, Which yeah. means you're, you know, and they love Terrence Mann, but you need a big, right. so Zubox. Right, and right, it's like, right, right. Are you going to, I mean, I just listened to Zach Lowe do a long talk about this. It's like, are you yeah. going to ask Russell Westbrook to come off the bench? That that guy's won MVP awards, and he's done everything he right. He's not, he yeah. hasn't been a malcontent. Yeah. He's had a good start to the season. He has. He's been better since going to the Clippers last year. Yeah, yeah, so... I don't know. Uh, you know, it'll. I mean, it's one of those that, like, if you were playing, you know, uh, video game basketball, and you, oh my God, I got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. You ain't beating me. That's probably true. But in the real world, with a lot of uh, temperamental people, Westbrook and Harden certainly among them. Uh, ugh, I mean, I know they get along for now, um, but you know. Uh, it feels very tenuous, I guess. Let's say that. Yeah. Well, and Kawhi is not a public malcontent, but he's a malcontent. He's, yeah. You know, he's he's <laughs> yeah. also accustomed yeah. to getting things a certain way. 
Yeah, he is. I mean, the reason that the Spurs have been rebuilding the last few years, reason number one is Kawhi Leonard. Like, yeah. Kawhi Leonard was supposed to be the foundation to take them into the post-Duncan years, and he forced his way out, and, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, right, wrong, whatever. It, bottom line is, he put them in this position to bottom out and to get the number one pick and all that. So, yeah, he's temperamental. Uh, yeah, be interesting. I mean, it, a lot of talent, but does it does it add up? I mean, you know, Harden was just on a team with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Oh, there, there's no way this team can't win a championship. They never even got to the conference finals. So, we'll see. Yeah. Also, the amazing, you know, Harden, Westbrook, Durant, all, all <laughs> have wound up back together at different times. I know, I know. Yeah, they are competing for who's going to play for the most teams, too. Yeah. And this is Harden's fifth, right? Yeah. And I think it's Westbrook's fifth. And Durant, I think, is on his fourth. And I don't think we're done yet. Uh, like, if you if you told me or if you if you asked me, do any of them finish their careers with the teams they're on now, I'd bet no. Maybe they all go back to Oklahoma City with SGA. And... Maybe so. Maybe so. And Chet Holmgren is yeah. just make a run at a championship together. Yeah. Um. Well, hey, look, we've we have bounced around quite a bit. We have, um, but that's it's been fun. It's the time of year to do that. You know, all four sports are going right now. Uh, we'll be back. We'll talk about that Utah game and whatever happens, um, and then you know we'll finish out the World Series discussion. There's going to be a lot, so come back. That's right. That's right. It's a busy time of year. We got we're headed towards the college football playoffs. NFL's about midway. So yeah, we're. We're in the heart of it right yeah. now. And, and I think if the Rangers win and Greg Powell listen this long, if you want to come on and talk about it. Hey, I'd be happy me... for you, man. Like I, I thought about Mr. Powell as this matchup came along, and I remember the, the heartache that he probably felt when they lost to the Cardinals, and I, I hope they, they uh, get their redemption this year. Yeah. Well, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.